Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time time. for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we're your host chris schubert's here floating around producing this thing we're from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online your number one source for all sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends over at bet online they are your continued source for all sports wagering information featuring live betting free contests giveaways all season long you will always find the fastest and easiest ways to bet on all your favorite sports and events and they have all the sports so head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit just be sure to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards it's been online and it's where the game starts kyle happy international hot and spicy food day to you hot and spicy food i uh i celebrated that inadvertently yesterday Oh. On Sunday night, What'd you my have? my mother's sixtieth uh, birthday, so we oh. went out uh, went out to dinner and had a uh, spicy like Mexican grilled chicken sandwich with like a, a salsa verde on it, avocado and stuff. So that that was me celebrating inadvertently today's day on the calendar. So happy! What what was it again? International Hot and Spicy Food Day. International Hot and Spicy Food Day to you as well. I got I got got with some hot and spicy food that I didn't think was going to be hot and spicy. Uh, did a DoorDash order from Chipotle and I got the hot salsa. And brother, their hot salsa is hot. Like I was like, you know, like sucking air. You know what I mean? <laughs> trying to get, you know, what I'm talking about trying to get your mouth to cool off, man. Hotter, I actually drank a little hotter milk. or colder than than the green turtle. No, no nothing. Hot. Nothing compares to the, the. You know what, Kyle? 
I actually forgot about that when I decided that we would celebrate this. Also, happy uh, Martin Luther King Day. There's a lot of good things. Elementary school teacher day, but I forgot about the green turtle. Um, they will that'll wreck up that'll wreck your day if you eat the green turtles hot. Yeah, wings. don't unless you know exactly what you're signing up for. Don't get the hot wings at Green Turtle. Yeah, for those or of pay you, the pay the price. Anyone in the greater uh, what is this town? Uh, Delaware. I don't know. I forgot the town. Yeah, the town, the Del- town of Delaware. The t- yeah. Whatever town you live in in Delaware. It's, it's my favorite town. It's my favorite town, Delaware. They've got a couple in there, you know. Hey, Chris. Good evening, gentlemen. I'm uh, getting everything, or good morning, however, you know, it's evening when we're recording this. It'll be morning when everybody listens to this. I'm getting everything ready for the part of the show that I'm going to handle the most tonight, which is the uh, mock draft that uh, Keith Sanchez put together because you guys haven't seen it yet. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Is it hot and spicy? Oh, it's <laughs> it was speaking of international hot and spicy day. Keith Sanchez said, you know what, boys, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we got some dudes to get into before we uh, get into that. Um, I have a bunch of stuff written down, so I, I'm ready to go in a lot of different directions here. Obviously, we have the uh, the playoffs to reflect on. Keeping in mind, we're recording this before the Ravens and Bengals. So if you don't hear us talk Ravens and Bengals at all, well, that'll be why we haven't seen the game yet. Um, the, the, the first dude I want to mention here is one that surprises me that I'm going to say, because I've not always been a big fan of this person. And that's Trent Baalke, the general manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars won that football game, obviously a historic comeback against the chargers. But one thing that I don't think we've given enough credit to this season as the Jaguars have been a resilient team, overcome some deficits, not just in the you know, in games where they had to come out of some holes, but also the hole that they built for themselves to win the AFC South. And we gave the Jaguars some criticism for the offseason that they had kind of overpaying for some players. Christian Kirk, four years, 72. Brandon Scherf, three years, 50. Foye Olakun, four years, 45. Darius Williams, three years, 30. Folly Fadakasi, three years, 30. Zay Jones, three years, 24. Evan Ingram, one year, $9 million. It was a very aggressive free agency period for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And nobody really doubted that they improved their team. But there was a lot of question on the valuation of these contracts. And maybe in time there will be uh, some criticisms to hand out. But I don't think today's that day, right? This is a situation now where you look at that free agent class and you love, you should love how they've complimented all the young talent on that Jacksonville roster, which we all know all about. And I think one of the challenges for young football teams is having enough meaningful veterans in place to be able to stabilize your team and make sure that those 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 young players are uh, having the right pros to mimic and be in the rooms with them to help them win football games. And I think you can look at this entire free agent class and realize that they've made strong contributions for a team full of young players that's a big reason why not only they won their division, but have advanced in the playoffs. So Trent Baalke, here's your flowers, man. That free agent class gets my respect now that we have the benefit of hindsight looking back at it. They have a pretty exciting group of skilled players. You know, obviously the, the Christian Kirk contract, I know that that's the big one for the, the APY that that offered when that was signed, but Ingram and going to the draft class that was not a part of Trent Baalke uh, with, with Travis Etienne, but just thinking about yeah, they they got some mismatched type players. Yeah. And you think about having a chance to 
to have an opportunity to stack on top of that and get more well-rounded with obviously Trevor rounding into form and finding his way the way that he did in the second half of that game. And obviously the, the two minute offense situation just before the half to get him on the board that kind of set the stage for what we saw in the second half on Saturday night. Uh, it's a really exciting opportunity to listen. Anytime you go to the playoffs, you win a playoff game, you're probably going to have a chance to, uh, build upon what you started and we'll see what Trent Baalke is able to do in building along with Doug Peterson upon what they started this year, because they, they have stacked together some really nice momentum for themselves. Didn't expect to give Trent Baalke flowers on this podcast, but I mean, what, what can you say, right? What can you well, say? Yeah. Let's uh, let's give some more flowers out. How about Brock Purdy? <laughs> right. Four touchdowns for San Francisco. San Francisco ends up winning this football game. What was it? 41 to 23 was the yeah. final something. Yep, 41 23. Brock Purdy is for four touchdowns. And look, there, there's stuff with Brock Purdy that's rough around the edges. There's stuff with Brock Purdy where he's not executing plays correctly. There's stuff with Brock Purdy where he's throwing guys into maybe not ideal spots with precision, accuracy, and timing. But we say, oh, well, you know, this this quarterback friendly system quarterbacks can step in here and you know, do the job. Well, how many other Shanahan disciple coaches across the league for the last two, three years now have we seen a backup quarterback step into the job and not be able to remotely do yeah. the same job of the starting quarterback? And I mean, you, you think about. Green Bay, when Jordan Love had to play for Aaron Rodgers, obviously a steep drop-off from a two-time reigning NFL MVP in consecutive seasons in, in Aaron Rodgers. But you think about uh, the Dolphins passing offense with Tua Tungvalu and Mike McDaniel versus what it looked like with, with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater. You think about uh, LaFleur in New York with the Jets with what those quarterbacks uh, have tried to look like executing that system. So I think there's, there's a lot to be said about San Francisco specifically – and maybe there's some Kyle Shanahan flowers to be given here as well. But, you know, Brock Purdy uh, didn't play great early in this game. You know, you went to halftime and you were down by a point, and then you come back with a vengeance, and the defense starts making some plays and smothers, and and you are making plays off script. You're using your legs. You're finding your checkdowns, and uh, you're cool under pressure, which I think was a, a big thing for Brock Purdy. And, well, it's, it's very easy to say, oh, quarterback-friendly offense, anybody can step in and do it. But we've gotten a pretty significant sample size of coaches off of this coaching tree where that's not the case. And yet here's Brock Purdy doing a really nice job for the San Francisco 49ers as they put 40, 41 points on the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, there's no reason to fight it. I mean, the sample size is growing. He did it in the playoffs. I mean, the 49ers are rolling, man. This offense doesn't – I mean, it's better. I, Christian McCaffrey is certainly a huge part of this offensive evolution. They, they've went from, you know, a good to great offense to like, okay, they're hard to stop. Like, they're going to put up points every week. So, um, as improbable as it seems, you know, Brock Purdy just continues to meet every moment that he's tasked with. And you, at this point, you just have to tip your cap and say, this is really, really impressive. Let's let's read a couple stats off courtesy of ESPN uh, for Purdy. First rookie quarterback to win a playoff game since Russell Wilson in 2012. 
at 23 years and 18 days old. Purdy's the youngest player in NFL history with 300-plus passing yards and three-plus touchdowns in a playoff game, surpassing the record that was previously set by Dan Marino. Purdy's the third player in NFL history with 300-plus yards and at least four total touchdowns in his playoff debut, joining Matthew Stafford and Kurt Warner. Uh, with a streak of seven consecutive games with multiple passing touchdowns, Purdy tied Justin Herbert for the longest streak by a rookie in NFL history. Also tied with Steve Young for the second longest such streak in 49ers history. And Purdy became the first player taken in the final with the final pick of the NFL draft in the common era to record a postseason touchdown of any kind. Impressive. It just is. There's your flowers, bro. Right, right. Uh, I want to shout out a defensive player from the 49ers, Charles Amenihu. Man, that guy had a game, right? And especially in a game where Nick Bosa was kind of quiet. Um, yeah, I don't think he, Nick Bosa recorded a pressure in this game. Um, but Amenihu did. He had five of them. He had two sacks in 26 pass rush snaps. He forced the fumble, had two run stuffs. And so it's always fun to see guys that'll step up. And Amenihu's, you know, a flashy player out of Texas – I'm not sure why the Houston Texans didn't think he could help them, but he's been over in this 49ers team. And I, I was just really impressive, impressed watching that game, you know, realizing that he was making an impact, but then kind of being able to see the production that he had and not necessarily playing a ton of snaps, five pressures, two sacks, two run stops, a forced fumble. Uh, that was a big game for him, um, you know, especially on a day when Nick Bosa was quiet. So I wanted to shout him out from, from that game as well as somebody who I didn't expect to really step up, but did. Well, for continuing to give out some flowers, I'd like to give some flowers to New York Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones finished this game 24-35 for 301 yards and two touchdowns. He carried the ball 17 times for 78 yards in the Giants, 31-24 to Super wild card weekend victory over the Minnesota Purple Cockroaches, which uh, <laughs> clock struck midnight for our situational <laughs> football darlings and one score win darlings in Minnesota, man. And, and the Giants winning their first playoff game in 11 years. Uh, Daniel Jones, a centerpiece of that. And pretty cool when you consider what Daniel Jones was went, went through as a the franchise quarterback of the San, or of the San Francisco 49ers. So the New York Giants getting my quarterback flowers mixed up here. <laughs> um, being the number six overall pick and and becoming a meme and, and kind of this punchline for Dave Gettleman's decision-making to build the Giants and then not getting his fifth-year option extend, uh, extended by the team. And he comes in this year with Brian Dable, and lo and behold, Dude can play some football, right? And, and we were we were skeptical of Daniel Jones in the range and stratosphere in which he got drafted, but it was fun to, to take a look at his tape on the TDM Premium Discord. We do film studies on Thursday night or Tuesday nights, and uh, we watch the Giants because uh, Jack McKessie and, and Rob Juden, two TDN staff members, are Giants fans, and they had this big debate on what to do with Daniel Jones. And so we watched the tape, and you see, man, like, he really aged into his scouting report gracefully. A lot of mm. quick game and impressive RPO ball handling skills and a good athlete are, are kind of the, the punchlines for, for Daniel Jones. And then you review what he did in the playoff game and 17 carries for 78 yards. And 
He's earned himself a nice opportunity to come back again next year and be the starting quarterback of the New York Giants. And whether he gets the franchise tag or they give him, give him a contract extension, I'd, I'd give him – I don't think you could get him for three years, 60. I don't think you could get him on the Teddy Bridgewater deal anymore, right? With that Carolina game, three for 63. and Like, I want a playoff team. He had a good season, right? Right. Like, right. Your franchise tag might be the best best option. Oh yeah, I, for sure. Buy yourself some you know, time. For, yeah, yeah. Just just get another seventeen game sample size. So so you go to a thirty four game sample size with, with Brian Dable mm-hmm. and, and Daniel Jones. But man, like, and the New York market too. Yeah, to continue to survive what he survived and be a big piece of the reason why this team is doing well in in situational football and and in close games and. Winning a playoff game. Hats off to the the New York Giants. Hats off to Brian Dable, but most specifically, hats off to Daniel Jones because I know this has been a bumpy ride for Daniel Jones, but he he's earned everybody's respect with his play this year. Yeah, no question. Uh, wasn't it fault his fault? He was the number seven pick in the draft, but I think to kind of take it in stride, develop some confidence, and I mean th- things have changed around him so much, and. Uh, just great to see some stability with what Dayball's brought and some of that structure. And I still don't think they have a whole lot of talent around him. You know what I mean? So they don't. I mean, at the end of the day, they, they, they don't. Just don't. They don't. But they find a way to win games, so they deserve some credit. Uh, as far as the the Bills and Dolphins game, the player that I wanted to shout out as a dude is actually Kyer Elam, cornerback, uh, rookie corner, first round pick for the Bills. I thought he sparked the team. I thought he uh, kind of saved the season in a way. Uh, the Bills' offense was in an absolute lull after scoring seventeen, right up seventeen to zero. They were fluttering after a hot start there. Josh Allen throws a pick, then they punt, another interception. They get a field goal before the half. Come out of the half, Josh Allen fumbles, recovered for a touchdown, two punts in a row. Suddenly, the Dolphins are leading twenty-four to twenty midway through the third quarter. It's third and nineteen for the Miami eight. Kyrie Elam picks off Skylar Thompson to give the Bills offense the ball at the 33. And, and a few plays later, they score a touchdown to get back in the lead for that ball game. And I know it's a third and long, and, and so you maybe don't have too much criticism for the interception there. But I think the difference between the interception and a punt is probably 20 yards, 20 yards of field position, which feels like a lot based on how the Bills offense was playing at that time. But I think making that play gave the team a spark and then the Bills scored in their next two drives and, and were able to get a 10-point lead, which they needed every bit of to hold on for the win. But I think Kyer Elam, when I think about his season, obviously you, anybody that's ever listened to me talk about the Bills for the last several years, I've been very concerned about the cornerback position. And so I was very excited to see them draft one in the first round, trade it up to get him. And, and Kyer hasn't necessarily started and played a ton. He's actually rotated a lot. And one thing that Sean McDermott does is is if he thinks he has multiple players that are playing at a starter level, he will rotate them at positions that rotations typically don't happen, like cornerback, like, like right tackle we've seen him do, like linebacker we've seen all that. Uh, but I think for Kyrie to make that play, I think it changed the the dynamics of that game. Also had a couple of pass breaks up, breakups, a big tackle that uh, was at a pivotal time. So I think Kyrie Elam, once Dane Jackson got injured in the game, came in and provided a spark to the defense. And, and uh, I, you know, obviously I think he's going to be the starter for the Bills long-term, but I think in what what was kind of a confusing season for me to just kind of observe because I think every time he's been on the field, he's played really well, but he just continued to rotate. And I thought for him to step up in a moment like that was 
was really big for the Bills. My last guy is uh, another cornerback. Uh, I think we would be, be remiss to not shout out Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, for his effort in the Chargers' 31-30 loss to Jacksonville on Saturday night. Three interceptions for Asante Samuel Jr. And I, I got my first real – I don't have the Chargers in my region. So the first up-close and personal experience that I had with Asante Samuel Jr. this season was – that Dolphins primetime game back in early December and um, played really high level there too. So it's kind of a fun, fun subplot for what we have with this upcoming draft cycle. We're going to talk about size at the cornerback position. And of course, guys getting drafted early that, that narrative for length and height and catch radius and, and ability to play around bodies of, of wide receivers and, and the length to press on the perimeter, like all of that's very present, right? And, and it's a big part of the player evaluation and the debate that we have a lot of players, but we'll see on guys like Asante Samuel Jr., right? Yeah. Who, who doesn't have those prototypical statures to, to check those boxes for all 32 teams. But at the end of the day, if he's got quick feet, He's got good ball skills and he's got good instincts and, and Asante Samuel Jr. has all of those things and he mm-hmm. is shining in all of those facets for the Chargers. And unfortunately, we won't get to see him play any more football this season, but uh, he has a lot of great football left ahead of him in his career. And I, I think three interceptions of, of Trevor Lawrence uh, is a great, great exclamation point for what was an outstanding season from everything that I had seen for Asante Samuel Jr. I think guys like Asante Samuel Jr. really make makes it easy for me to really buy in on a guy like Clark Phillips from Utah, who I think is similar stature and similar type situation. Good ball skills. You worry about the size a little bit, but the coverage instincts are there, the feet, the hips. Uh, and so I, I, that's a, I think him stepping up like that makes it more comfortable for me to buy in, in, in undersized corners like Clark Phillips. I do think I have to get one more honorary player in here because I can feel the tweets coming in. Uh, I can't believe you didn't give this guy dude honors Trevor Lawrence himself. Um, I mean, starts this game with four interceptions, three of them, like you said, to Asante Samuel Jr. And I mean, everyone's getting the Nathan Peter me Nathan Peterman memes out, right? They just turning the ball over. You're, you're just really wondering what's going to happen with this Jags team. And he bounces back and throws four touchdowns. And I've came across a stat He's the first player in postseason history and in any game since at least 1975 to throw four interceptions and then throw four passing touchdowns later in the same game. I think that uh, speaks to a lot of things. Mental toughness, right? Just being being a true competitor, being able to put things behind you and, and stay committed. Just play the next play. And uh, obviously they chipped away at that lead and, and came away with the win. But uh, Trevor Lawrence deserves our, our – uh, our love here to start, you know, not, not to start, but to finish out this, uh, our dudes segment. Believe it is my turn, gentlemen. Believe we have a mock draft to discuss here on the show. Keith Sanchez version 5.0. For those of you who maybe are listening to this segment for the first time, I go through the mock draft five picks at a time and I share them with the gentleman and we go in that order. So here we go, gentlemen, the first five picks, uh, the first pick, not selected by the Chicago Bears. They make a trade. The Las Vegas Raiders are coming all the way up to number one, and it's Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama, to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Houston Texans, they said, you know what, Chicago? We like what you did there. We're also going to trade our pick here at number two. They trade it to the Carolina Panthers, who take Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. 
The Cardinals at number three take Broderick Jones, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Ooh. The Indianapolis Colts at number four take Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle out of Whoa. Northwestern. And the Seattle Seahawks at number five take Jalen Carter, interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. Wow, right? It's a lot that just happened. I'm at I, Broderick Jones and Peter Skaronsky going in front of Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. That is crazy to me. Well, he, clearly we're drafting for for need here, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I think you can look at both of those teams and say, yeah, the offensive tackle is a bigger issue that exists. Um, and teams do do that. Now, whether or not you would do that in those shoes as compared to finding a buyer to who would get excited and trade up because those players have slid to that juncture in the draft. Well, that's, that's a different story. Christy, were there any uh, summarizations of trades involved or was it just? Just trades were made. I don't have specific uh, details of well, the trades have in to, front of me. We'll have mm. to find out midweek when, when Keith drops the second round, right? Because he's, Surely if he's doing the trade, surely there will be second round draft capital that is involved in some of those trades, in which case I'll put Keith's feet to the fire and find <laughs> out what the packages were. Because we had trades at one. The Raiders came up to one. And then who was it that came up to two? The Panthers came up to two. Panthers. Got it. Got it, got it. Uh, number six, the Detroit Lions select Will Anderson, edge Woo-hoo. from Alabama. The Chicago Bears, who traded out of the number one spot at number seven, take Paris Johnson, offensive tackle out of Ohio State. At number eight, the Atlanta Falcons select B. John Robinson, running back from Texas. Mm. And the Houston Texans, now at number nine with their trade with the Carolina Panthers, select C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Is it is it within the realm of possibility that the Bears traded out of two, got all or traded out of one got all that extra draft capital and then still got the best offensive lineman. We'll see. I, I think Paris Johnson's going to have a, a case for that. I did his film recently, really enjoyed it. I, I think I'm going to like Broderick Jones a lot too. I need to do the deep dive, but I, I think that'll be a fun debate for us to have the, the rest of the way. But I, uh, I think to get probably a bunch of extra stuff plus Paris Johnson, you got to feel pretty good about that. I, um, I've seen a lot of Ohio State recently doing all the other Big Ten schools that are in my region. I do not have Ohio State. You do. And every time I watch, Paris Johnson looks the part at left tackle. Obviously, he played right guard before this season, and that was the big question was, oh, he's got the tackle build, but can he actually play tackle? Well, it turns out it looks like, yes, he absolutely can. <laughs> right, he can. He's good. At number 10, the Philadelphia Eagles select Miles Murphy, edge from Clemson, Tennessee Titans at number 11, take Andrew Voorhees, interior offensive lineman from USC. The Houston Texans at number 12 select Brian Brzee, interior defensive lineman from Clemson. The New York Jets at number 13 select Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. The New England Patriots at 14 select Derek Hall, edge from Auburn. And at number 15, the Green Bay Packers select Jackson Smith in Jigbo, wide receiver, Ohio State. We're going to have to hold a TDN intervention for Keith for yeah. keeping mocking Voorhees this high, huh? Right. And I like Voorhees. I like Voorhees. Can't stop. I think, won't stop. <laughs> I, I think he's an early day to fringe top 50 type selection. But you're drafting for need at that point, right? Like that. that's the only reason we're putting Voorhees in this draft. Who picked him? Uh, Andrew Voorhees went to the Tennessee Titans. Mm. It's a good fit. Yeah, it is. Just a round early, two rounds right. too early. 
No, it's not two rounds too early. You can put him in the Maybe not in this draft, but yeah. N- maybe not in this draft, I would agree. Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver one. Is that uh, the true statement there, Chris? Uh, that is how that plays out. Yes, Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver one. I want to know how Chris's math worked out that we were going every five picks, but yet this one we we started at 10. I well because I said CJ Stroud and then you guys started talking and I I couldn't oh. finish the Philadelphia oh, Eagles. Oh, so it's our fault. At 10. It's our fault. <laughs> well, just, hey, what? Speaking I don't of say anything, so we just moved speaking on. Speaking about yeah. cutting you off for CJ Stroud, what happens if he doesn't come out today? Well, yeah, this is interesting because this this podcast will be out relatively early in the morning, but like we don't know as we're right. doing the show whether or not he's declared. Who, who is it? His, his mother said he he'll be making his decision soon. We right. thank everyone for their support there, on like Friday. Was there a tweet going around? I've kind of been off the grid this week, but I saw a tweet that's that said something about like him being in classes or something. We're living in a in a very real world where he makes the decision to come back. Now, whether or not he does, I'm not. That's not predictively saying that he will. But nil money changes things. I think his <laughs> legacy at, at Ohio State changes things. Joe's mentioned they're, they're losing three offensive linemen, and that's it. Juan Jones, Paris Johnson, and, and Luke Whipler has declared. Um, everybody else is coming back. They haven't beat. He hasn't beaten Michigan. They took Georgia to the wire in the college football playoff. Georgia's losing a lot. Right? They they might be the right. favorite next year, right? If he comes if, back, if, if Stroud's back, they probably are the betting favorite. Yeah. So we'll see. Pick number sixteen. The Washington Commanders select Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. The Pittsburgh Steelers at number 17 select Joey Porter Jr., corner from Penn State. Okay. Uh, a little bit of a run on corners here because at 18, the Detroit Lions select Devin Witherspoon, corner from Syracuse. At 19, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Lucas Van Ness, edge from Iowa. Ooh, that's super Seattle- on brand for them, right? <laughs> yes. And the Seattle Seahawks at pick number 20 select Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida. Also, and I believe I said Devin Witherspoon is from Syracuse. He's from Illinois. Sorry. Yeah. There's a typo in the sheet here. I'm I like that Porter pick, Kyle. You got me all kinds of excited about Porter. You uh, presented him to the staff end of last week, and I really like what you had to say. And that seemed like great value. Was he the first corner off the board? That is incorrect. Uh, Christian Gonzalez. Gonzalez went one the, pick before The pick him. in front of Four. him. Okay. It's the right. I mean, you're getting you're getting both those guys, Gonzalez and Porter, at that range in the draft. You got great value. Yeah, it feels. And like you got it. a premier position. So good on good on them and Keith Smock here for for drafting good players and and getting players at premier positions and starting that run. And even Witherspoon at Detroit, they probably love him. I get bet you, I I bet you a paycheck they love him, as far as his play demeanor versus, yeah the mentality of that defense and, and the coaching culture that's been instilled there. Like, pff, yeah, that's a home run fit. The Dolphins have picked number 21 forfeited their selection. The Los Angeles chargers at 22 select just Michael throw, Mayer tight end out of Notre dirt Dame. on my grave, Chris, you didn't have to I've say been, it today. I've, I've been Who doing it for Mayer? two months. Who picked the Mayer? chargers pick Mayer. I've been doing it for two months, Kyle. Sorry. I'm not going to change just for today. The Baltimore Ravens pick number 23 select Isaiah Foskey edge from Notre Dame. Minnesota Vikings at pick number 24. So Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC. The Jacksonville Jaguars at number 25 select a name that we've been seeing higher up in mocks. Tyree Wilson, interior defensive lineman from Texas Tech. Sheesh. The, the Jaguars? 
the Jaguars. Tyree. The New York Giants at 26 select Quinton Johnston, wide receiver from TCU. And that's where I'll stop. This feels like good value in this little chunk. Man, Trayvon and Tyree Wilson's a hell of a one-two punch, isn't it? <laughs> Josh Allen there, too, at a right. monster game against San Diego. or Put those guys head up on offensive tackles and put Josh Allen walked up on either side of either one of them. That's... <laughs> Right. Problems, man. That's problems. Right. Uh, the last last couple here. The Dallas Cowboys picked number 27, select Keely Ringle, corner from Georgia. The Cincinnati Bengals had picked number 28, select Cam Smith, corner from South Carolina. The Denver Broncos had picked number 29, select John Michael Schmitz, interior offensive lineman. The Buffalo Bills at number 30, select Christopher Smith, safety from Georgia. The Kansas City Chiefs at 31, select Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. And the Philadelphia Eagles at pick 32, select safety Jordan Battle. Keith got two running backs in there, huh? Two running backs. He got three safeties. Three safeties, mm. too, yeah. He got three safeties in his first that round. Was, that was where my math went. So he snuck battle and got got the three safeties. Predictively, it, predictively, I'd set the over-under at one and a half for safeties. Yeah. yeah. And I'd probably take the under. Who do you give Dallas? Keely Ringo. Correct. It's an interesting fit. Bit of variance there, huh? Yeah. Between Diggs and Ringo on a boomer bust there. And then look like Deron Bland played well this year for them. I know he's, he's not the same kind of player. He's more of an inside corner, but. And it's, if Dan Quinn's still there, he'd have a lot of fun with those guys though. That's what I was just thinking. I wonder, I wonder what that defense looks like without him, you know? Seems like it's kind of tailored for his style. Yes, there's no question. And then you get into the dangerous game of do we elevate somebody from within and and try and have him run the same system, even though he's not the artist that originally painted the picture. It's always concerning when that happens, right? Who who's I I would trust either one of you with this because you're you're not big movie guys, but I feel like we have enough of a bank here to figure this out. This is rough so, asking Joe somebody, and I to do this, but okay. Somebody gets casted into a role, and they play that role, and then for whatever reason, they have to remove themselves from that role, and they get replaced by somebody else, and it, the character is just never the same. James Bond is one that comes to mind for me. Okay. Obviously, Connery got older and they had to replace him. And then they did the whole musical chairs thing with Lazenby and Pierce Brosnan was fine. And Daniel Craig was like, I, I like Daniel Craig, but like James, I think James Bond, I think Sean Connery. Right, we can do this with the Batman movies, right? Because there have been 57 Batmans. Isn't that kind of the point, though, with those? Like they kind of start with a new Batman. I don't know. It's been the same Captain America for the last decade plus. It's Tony Stark, you know, Robert Downey Jr. has always been Tony Stark and Iron Man. Well, I think that that's the it's it's the football analogy, right? There's continuity. Yep. If there's continuity in in the the people who are trusted with all of these characters were largely allowed to run with it and they had a big picture vision and they got to build it out versus like the Batman movies have all been standalone Batman movies. And then they tried to do the Justice League and, and it they like changed producers halfway through shooting or something like mm-hmm. that. And then the guy who was originally 
uh, doing it. They gave him all the footage and let, let him recut the movie. And then everybody wanted him to start doing them. And then they had somebody else that came in. So like they are the, um, the Houston Texans, DC comics is the Houston Texans <laughs> of, of superhero movies because they just can't commit to anything long enough to actually get some traction and build something from the ground up. So that, that's why Iron Man and Captain America were always the same. The Pittsburgh Steelers of comic book movies. That's it. I have no more picks to share with you. They, 32 of them are done. Or 31 of them are done. Jesus Christ. I just wanted to be accurate, you know? You guys have any parting thoughts for Super Wildcard Weekend? I shared my word of the day uh, to Joe in the pre-show, and it's also the theme of today's TDN Daily, but inexperience was was my word of the weekend. It worked its it worked its magic in in good ways for some teams, but in bad ways for others. And so, inexperience is the word that I would use of the of the weekend. Yeah, it's a good call, good pull. It feels like when you say that, it, there's so, so much. Well, we have two games left. We still have. Uh, good God, draft dudes, do math. There's oh boy, 120 minutes of football. Yeah, there's two games. There's how many total games on Super Wild Card Weekend? Six. Six. So we have a third of them left to go. You know what I mean? This is crazy. See Draft dudes do math. No, you know what? And I, I was waiting for it, and that's why I was a little bit pausy there. Wasn't wasn't me. Friggin' Chris. Let's be honest. I'm going to shoot my shot. The Bengals stomped the Ravens last night. <laughs> don't don't do this. Don't do this. So we don't have all one takes game. Expose left. yourself. Don't all take. We have we there. have one game. The Bengals smack the taste out of the Ravens. I'm watching the Ravens with the ball right now, dude. Don't do it. Division game. Come on. They just played. I don't know, man. Teams know each other well. They, yeah. You know, you, 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 I, I'll hear you say that quite a bit. That'll, that'll be one of your talking points because you just had the scare <laughs> of your life yesterday. I, I get it. I get why you're going to weaponize that saying and you're, you're going to use it quite often. No, I, it, it, there's some validity to it, but. Oh gosh, maybe 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 Kyle's right. Just saw the next play. Oh, you're a little bit ahead of me. You're a little yeah. bit ahead of me. Yeah, I haven't seen it down yet. I'm getting ready to hang up and watch now. So, but I'm just telling you, the, 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 looking at my crystal ball, like we're we're talking about. Oh, you do. There's sixty six sixty seven percent done. No, no. It's there's we're at eighty three percent. There's one game left to play. Who knows how Dallas Tampa will turn out tonight? I'm fascinated to watch the game. Been thankful. Uh, I know that it, it looked concerning early on on Super Wild Card Weekend that we were going to get a bunch of boat races, right? Where I mean, obviously you had the San Francisco game where they ran away in the second half, and then the first half of the Chargers game went went the way that it did. But the second half of the the Saturday night game, and then obviously the the early games uh, on Super Wild Card Sunday. Had a lot of entertainment value. So hopefully everybody has enjoyed the football that we've gotten, and we'll get one more tonight. That's going to do it for us here today on Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Appreciate everybody carving some time out of your Monday to check out the show. Thanks for friends over at Online for their continued support of the podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe. We'll give you an update on tonight's game tomorrow on the show, in addition to some other high-quality football content for your disposal. So come on back and see us. Hope to see you then. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. 
while you are at it. Help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.